Welcome to the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. Our goal is to help create context and drive conversation to learn more of what God has for us. Now, let's join our team as we get to follow up, break down, and gain deeper insight into this week's message. Hey guys, welcome back to the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. I am Justin Oswald, the Executive Pastor of Transformation Church. With me, uh, as always, today is the Lead Pastor, Brad Livingston. Hey guys, good to be back. Another week, another sermon, another follow-up podcast, and we are excited, uh, man, to be with you guys today. Thank you for tuning in, and we are uh, in the next part of our Take Your Shot series mm-hmm. at Transformation Church, and it's uh, been good, a good Sunday, and so man, we uh, we're super pumped. So and, yeah. and a lot of cool things happening at the church, getting ready for Easter, just all kinds of things. Yeah. You know, we're really riding a good momentum wave at the church, which feels good. New families, new young families, um, popping up and showing up. We hit spring break this past week, uh, which was noticeable. You know, a lot. It's a lot of families with kids um, posting on Facebook and Instagram that they're at Disney World and. You know all kinds of stuff. Two families that are new to our church, new were they would have been the most like six months. Um, ran into each other at Disney World. Oh, really? <laughs> like they were, they're like, oh, hey, we know you guys. So that's funny. Yeah. So uh, I've never yeah. been to Disney World. Really? Yeah. No interest. Yeah, I don't. You know. No. No, our buddy Patrick. You know, he's water, there. He's waters. there now. Yeah, he's there right now, and um, I just, you know, I just that's not my thing. It's a lot of money. I mean, surely it's cool and certain things. I just, I've never been into that, so I have no desire to go. You know, right, Patrick right, right. talks about how awesome it is. And yeah. he's got like season passes and stuff. Yeah, of course, he got three kids, you know, so. Oh, that's a huge difference, of course, but. Yeah, that sounds exhausting. Yeah, I'm not going. Yeah, that's like uh, back in the day, like Epcot. Like never. Epcot, what Epcot stands for? Every person comes out tired. <laughs> oh yeah, I can see like, that. So yeah, that's I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. But um, yeah, that's just not that's not my thing. All the money I spent on going to Disney World, I could spend that in a lot of other places. Oh, no doubt. So yeah, that's a that's a thing. But what if it's your thing? If it's your thing, you. more on you. Just not for me. You so, do you, do you boo 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 boo. Yeah, yeah. So hey, man, we're um. We're coming off a, a good Sunday, though, like we said, and um, this past Sunday, we were talking about practice. Mm. Did you ever see that clip? Do you know that clip? No. Nah. You never, never, not ESPN guy, I no, know, so. No, no. Yeah. I so. watch only on ESPN, I watch poker. <laughs> the, the World Poker. World Series, yeah, World Series, World Series of Poker and all yeah. that. Uh, yeah, I know there's a clip of Allen Iverson, and they were, like, giving him a hard time about practice, and, and uh, so they were just talking about, like, Showing up late for practice, blah, blah, blah. He's like, we talking about practice? He's like, y'all got me on this microphone, <laughs> and y'all want to talk about practice? Not the game. Practice. Like, not the not the game that I die for. Not the game that I, whatever. Like, we talking about practice? And, like, he went on this whole spiel. You can look it up on YouTube. Like, That's funny. Yeah, this whole thing where he's like, we talking about practice? And so. I had some Iverson shoes, though. Oh. Back in the day. They were pretty, pretty yeah, cool. There it is. Had some zippers. This, on top, yeah, but yeah, you leave yeah, them yeah. unzipped. Yeah, you leave them unzipped. Yeah, leave yeah. them unzipped. They were, they were, that's they it. were tight. They That's were it. tight. That's how we used to say it back. Tight. Golly, <laughs> what a word. Them shoes were tight. Golly. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, this past Sunday we were talking about practice, and um, but not from a standpoint of basketball or any of those things. We were talking about practice from the standpoint of. Um, the things that you do in life, your practices, what you know, what you do in life, oftentimes will dictate uh, the capacity for success. 
right? So a lot of times what you practice dictates the capacity for success. Justin, what are some what are some practices you have? You've got some practices, right? That kind of that you use. Yeah, well, yeah, I feel like I've been slacking lately. <laughs> um, Same. Yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, one, I think a lot of it is us uh, is like mindset. Right. Okay. So I yep. always try to have gratitude and, you know, not let things get, not get in my head, you know, that type of thing. So th- that's number one. Um, I try to stay, I try to stay relevant, meaning like, like I try to stay up on things like from a church perspective, like what we do with church, like where are we at as a culture and society and, you know, where's people's, uh, where, where are people's attention at that type of thing. So I try to stay up on that kind of stuff and, you know, so those kind of things. I try to be disciplined, but lately I feel like I'm not. So that's a bad question, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, because I know one of the things that you and I both um, pretty common. I mean, practice one of the practices you and I both have, and I would love to hear kind of your um, both your thought process and just kind of how you approach it. We're both married to our calendar. Yeah, I put I try to put everything on my calendar. Yeah, yeah we're both we're both pretty married yeah. to our calendar, right? And so walk me through how that's helpful for you um in regards to cuz we're busy. We got a lot of things going, you know, so it's like uh, cuz I think that's a that's a practice you and I both kind of utilize. Yeah. Right? So I mean, for me it I think on the planning on the front end, it helps you figure out like okay, this really should only take an hour or 30 minutes or whatever and not just get into something and it take longer like when to me the calendar is not so much about what's coming up but it's about deadlines or i need to be done with this at two o'clock yeah that's what kind of the calendar kind of how leisurely we approach stuff if it goes an hour and a half we could have cut it off in an hour but because we didn't nurture our time you know yeah yeah just it just helps you know and I, i feel like that you know like watching some people you know that are ex- maybe business owners or or whatever that are maybe uh, real successful people how much they actually get done in a day versus the the norm, the, the average person you know and I, I find that fascinating you know that that some people like every minute is booked up of their day and i i really like that now that may sound terrible to some people and want to have freedom but um i just feel like a lot of t- a lot of time gets wasted in things that you don't plan on doing or you know stuff taking longer than it should just because there is no time limit so it just helps it just helps me kind of stay on track with that um and i'm actually like you said we're kind of married to that we both do that but i'm actually i don't think i'm that good at it at the calendar i'm trying to actually improve and put more right you know where everything's like time blocking and things like that and then on the and then also trying to learn the times of the day where i'm more effective or efficient and and let that be busier and times where maybe um i'm not that be freed up or other things in there that don't require as much mental energy or thinking or capacity or something so um it's kind of like a i'm turning i'm tweaking knobs right now trying to figure out where i'm but mo- most in my zone with it yeah but, but yeah yeah, that's what I, you know, I recently, uh, just last week I started, well, last week was my first week, um, started working from home on Wednesday and Thursday mornings. You know, I had finished my office and all that stuff like we, you know, I talked to you guys about and um, part of that had to do with just like, you know, the, if I'm up, you know, and I do my, my morning stuff and if I'm done with that by like 730, but 
I don't come to the office till nine. Then once I get in the office, I usually like piddle for like 20 or 30 minutes. So I'm not starting till nine 30. Well, if I just work from my home, like by seven 45, I'm in my office chair. That's an extra two hours that I could be like productive. You know, the otherwise I would waste it like mm-hmm. not on social media, like just kind of wasting time until I come to the office. I mean, technically I could drive to the office earlier, but it was just like, it's a way for me to like not get caught up in the, in the time wasting activities that man can, if we're not careful, those things will suck the, yes. before you realize it, you know, and if you don't believe me and you have an iPhone, go check your social screen time <laughs> in your settings and you'll see how much time you spend uh, on social media or whatever. And it's not to say you shouldn't be on those things. I'm just talking about, you know, when it comes to like a practice, when it comes to practices or things that um, help us be productive, um, you know, there are certain practices that have proven to be somewhat unhealthy. Yeah. And you know, I, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to get better at those, the healthier things outside of like maybe even working hours. Like I've been trying to read more, but I have, I'm having a, a hard time doing it like at home, you know, cause when I get home, I'm like, Oh, I could, you know, you can read a lot in an hour. Good. You know, but it's like, you know, I can spend an hour and then I'll still have time to do this or do that. Or watch but the then, office on yeah, Netflix. Yeah. Or, or whatever. And I just, <laughs> right. I don't. And, um, you know, but, and lately, I don't know what it is. I don't know. I told myself yesterday, I was like, I don't know if I need to go to the doctor or what. I cannot get untired lately. Like, I woke up yesterday. Yeah. I woke up at 8.30. Phone in my hand in my bed, which means at 5.30 when the alarm went off, I got up, got my phone, turned it off, and got back in bed and have no recollection, <laughs> nothing. But I woke up at 8.30. Like, yeah. that's to me, I, I on a Monday, like, I'm, I wanted to be in the office by then, not waking up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, it, it's just, I like, the, something about the mornings is just the last two weeks, Yeah, I can't get up. I can't get out of can't bed. Can't get moving, huh? Like, I, dude, it's crazy. And the time change, maybe. Yeah, but I don't, I, I feel like that. You know, it's not the first time I've ever went through a time change, you know, yeah, but, but yeah. it's just, I don't know what it is. It's just, it's weird. And, um, but now you're 30, uh, three. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. So, but no, it's almost, I don't say concerning, but it's like, I, I'm, I can't get untired. Like, I could take a nap right now too, you know? And I fell asleep last night on the couch, probably at 10 30. Mm, yeah. And then the, today again, like I'm getting, I'm getting eight, nine hours of sleep, man. It's not like yeah, I'm getting sick. Like eight, nine hours, one is too much. Yeah. At least for me, I need to. I need seven, seven and a half is good, but I just can't get. Uh, so I don't know what it is. So that's affecting it too. Um, but all that to say, like I'm trying to just do better as a whole. I mean, there's a lot of hours in a week. You can get a lot done. Yeah. Especially like we talked about last week, trying to do some of this side stuff and stuff away from yep. the yep. church. It's not necessarily ministry related, but you know, goals and things I have um, that I want to do. It's just you got to figure out how to. Get get the time together. And it's only twenty four hours in a day. Yeah, and then you know some people you know married or families and all that. Like you still gotta have th- that too. But I think there's enough time to do everything. If you just some people just I don't know. A lot of time can be wasted, and I'm really I'm just as guilty as everyone else. I'm really trying to get better at that, and I'm I'm I haven't perfected it yet for me by any means. So I'm still I'm still tweaking and working. Yeah, yeah, I I, I hear. You. I think I'm I find myself in a very similar position where I'm you know tweaking the things and 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 even honestly like i've kind of been the same way i don't know if it's a time change or what and um 
I know exactly what part of it is for me. I go to bed way too late for how early I get up. And I think that eventually catches up with me, you know? Um, so I think that's for me, that's part of it. I don't get nine or 10 hours of sleep. Um, and I have noticed, um, when I'm eating better, when I'm eating better, like I have less like digestion stuff going, like I sleep better when I eat better. So I need to be eating better more often. (laughs) You know, I need to eat better. Therefore I sleep better. Um, I sleep better when I work out in the mornings. And so when I don't work out, you know, if I go five, six days without working out, um, and I'm not eating good, then my body's not as fatigued. So it's not resting as well. And then like I'm waking up cause of, you know, whatever it's like, yeah, that all that surely plays a huge part. Yeah. And I, maybe I need to look into that. You know, I don't take vitamins. Maybe I should take, I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, to yeah. Me, I, you know, I read a study one time about multivitamins and it's a waste. So like in my head, I think it's all a rip off and I don't know if it is or not, but <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. So. But yeah, we'll, you know, we'll see. But yeah, I think, you know, going back to what we were talking about, we we're talking about practice. And and I think that there are certain practices that uh, that really line you up for success. I think there are certain practices that show maybe your boss, maybe your spouse or your friends, um, but also even to show the Lord what we are or are not ready to handle. You know what I mean? It's like, man, a lot of times we're looking for the next thing. We're looking for what's next. We're looking for the big breakthrough. We're looking for the promotion. We're looking for, you know, whatever it is. And we're not even doing well with what we have. Uh We're not stewarding our time well. We're not stewarding our relationships well. We're not stewarding even the, the current job that we have well, but we want a promotion. You know, we want to raise you know, we mm-hmm. clock out as early as possible. We show up as late as possible, but we're really hoping that, you know, that we can get that promotion. It's like, man, you you ain't doing the small stuff to show that you're ready for the big stuff, you know? Yeah. And then people blame it on, well, when I get the, be- when I'm paid more, I'll do more, know, do more. Yeah. And sometimes it's, sometimes it should work that way, but sometimes it, you, you know, you, I would you dare say it yourself. never works that way. I mean, I, I you know. I've never, I've never witnessed it work that way and it work out well. Yeah. It's one of those weird things to me. It's like, I can, I can see both sides and I've been on both sides where I may be the person who's making the decision that you get the raise or promotion. And I've been on the other side of that where it's like, you know, so to me, I can see both sides where it's like, look, you're going to, you're going to pay me $10 an hour. You can't expect to get $12 an hour worth of work out of me. Mm -hmm. I get that. Right. You know, and a lot of times I do think companies or places, you know, they take advantage of their workers. They'll try to pay them as little as possible sure. and want the most out of them. So there is there is a level of of that. Um, I just don't think that type of thinking. Right. I just don't think having that kind of mindset is is healthy long term for you, you know, but. I don't necessarily think that you're wrong. I just don't think you should go to like thinking that way. Yeah. Um, but you know, listen, if you want, if you want me to work for 11 hours a day, but you're only going to pay me for nine, what are, what are you complaining about as a boss? Right. Right. right, Exactly. Um, but so there is that, but you know, I just don't think most people, I don't think most people are thinking that way. I think most people are just lazy or uh, I don't say most people, you know what I mean? I think most people are just, I'm going to clock out. I'm going to come do my thing. And then it's a sense of entitlement a little bit. So I think there's a lot of that. Um, but you know, I I do see both sides. It's just trying to, I just don't think that the mindset is, is uh, a healthy one, at least for setting you up for success. Yeah, totally. No, totally. I think, you know, both you and I have both been, 
employees at a number of places. Both you and I have ran teams. We've been responsible for employees at a number of uh, places, particularly young in our age. I mean, I'm 32 now. Um, (laughs) You know, so we've, we've, uh, the Lord has just kind of given us experience in management and stuff like that early uh, in our age and in our careers out in the corporate world. But one thing I know, and I've, I've seen it to be true and you can show me examples of, you know, situations where it's not the case, but I, I would dare say those things don't last long. Um, is that, you know, if you're looking to get a promotion, if you're looking to get, you know, something better, if you're looking for increase in any capacity, um, getting increase as a reward for what you do rather than enticement for you to do it, um, is two completely different conversations. No, no doubt. And some people, I, I, I've seen it where, you know, I had coworkers or whatever that would complain like, man, they only pay me um, $10 an hour for this. For, it's yeah, like, wait sure. a second. You agreed to that though. You took the job. Right, 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 right. You know, so, yeah. you know, the, the job description was this, was X, and they were going to pay Y for it. Mm-hmm. And you agreed to that and took the job. Yep. Now you want to, you know, now- maybe it should be more, but that's a different conversation. Yeah. It is what you agreed to. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you want more, like make yourself invaluable. Yeah. And, know, and that's my and point. The thing. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, it's like you do work so well, so efficiently and at such a high caliber that they have no choice, but to give you increase as a reward to keep you because they won't take the risk of losing you. Now, with that said, that's not to say that every boss has the, the company or his employees' best intentions at heart. Of course. Right? And so that's not to say that every boss is going to see that and reward it as they should. Um, but I would say, by and large, the number of people who are underworking themselves for for whatever excuse is, well, I'm not getting paid enough, so I'm not going to whatever, or whatever, you know. Um, by and large, the number of people that are underworking is considerably higher than the bosses <laughs> that don't reward. Sure. I just I think it's always great when someone finds a way to set themselves apart, you know, right. from from the quote unquote competition or their coworkers, maybe, uh, especially thinking long term. I mean, and I don't know, maybe that was just something that I kind of learned from my dad growing up. You know, I mean, uh, the the example in my head I'm thinking of is a job I started when I was like 19 or 20. We did insides. I did inside sales. You know, we sold aluminum building products, right? right, right and the right. way it worked is like it was like five salespeople in a, in a room, you know. And, um, <laughs> I, and I remember this, Dewey. That, that yeah, we just talking about the other day. This is different. Than that. <laughs> okay. So the, we we all had like a notebook. So because it was busy, we had to you know, the, the you know the 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 orders, the tickets had to be done in the computer in the system. But because it was busy, what most of the salesmen did is they would write the orders on the notebook, like you know. You know, X pool company calls in and wants to place an order for a pool enclosure, and you just write down everything that they want. They're telling you, I need so many two right. by twos. And, and you get to it later. And, uh, and you fill them in. And then when you have a break in calls, you go in and enter those orders. Well, I, you know, after about three or four months of working there doing that, I was like, man, there's got to be a better way. And I was like, I know, I'm just going to key in the tickets while I'm on the phone with a customer. Right. Instead of writing it down. Instead of writing as they're talking, I'm going to be typing as they're talking. Right. Right. Now, I'm 19. The other youngest person was 40s. Right, right, right. Right. Little so, computer experience. Yeah, we're different <laughs> levels there. Right, right, right. So then I realized the way the, the system was old school, it was like a proprietary system for that company. Uh, uh, but you could like, you had you had to enter a part number or like shift question mark would bring up a search you could type in a search and then you find it and then 
put the part right you get it um so i was like i I started trying to type the orders in and i realized i couldn't to have to search every one you couldn't do it fast enough usually with the so i said this is well perfect the easy solution is we'll memorize part numbers so and then the part numbers had a rhyme or reason to how the part numbers were laid out within the company (laughs) so you really didn't even have to learn the whole part number you just had to learn the first four Okay. And I did. That's why I started doing it. Like, and I still remember them to this day. I'm 33 now. I worked there at 20 years old in 1920. Like, yep. uh, oh, a two by two is 1016. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. if it was a white 24 foot two by two, it's 1016 324. Yeah. If it was a 30 foot white, it's 1016 330. Like yeah. there was a code to the part number, you know. And I, so I started memorizing part numbers, and then I would key these ticket up. Well, then I got in trouble because they said, "Well, Justin, the only problem is, is if a customer calls in after a delivery and they say y'all forgot my this, you can't go back to your notebook and say you didn't tell me that." <laughs> and that's what they would do is like they'd go back and flip, say, "Well, you called it in yesterday. You didn't tell me you needed. You said you needed four two by twos, not seven. Right. That's what I wrote. Still, the customer said, "No, I said seven. So my point, yeah. my argument was they could just say they said what they said. Yeah, yeah. Right, um, right, right. So what I would do is I would after I keyed in the whole ticket. I would read it back to the customer and I'll tell them I'm going to read it back to you with the quantities and everything. And then I'd put a comment line that said red verified by customer. Right. And that was it. And I've done send it to printer. So everybody else, they got at the end of the day, they got to go key in all these tickets and I'm done. I'm chilling. Right. Like, right, right. And, um, I thought that was pretty innovative <laughs> and it was actually, it I was, yeah. I was, my tickets was printing. You're ahead of your time. I don't know man. what y'all. So then I'd even start helping them key in their ticket. Like, you know, we're all a team, you know. So, right. but uh, like, I feel like that set me apart right. from them. Right. So, right. Anyways. Yeah. And, and they all made more because they had been there longer. We all shared in the commission every month, the bonus. So everybody got a base pay plus the bonus that for the month was divided five ways. Right. I was okay. low man on the totem pole. Like one dude been there 18 years. Ooh. He was making the most. Like, so I made way less than all them. So I could have said, well, I'm not going to go. I'm just going to do what they've trained me to do and do it their way. But I was like, no, I'm going to set myself apart. That's what I did. Yeah. Well, and I think, I mean, I think it's just sometimes that's what it boils down to for some of us. Like, yeah, I think about myself, right? And, and for me, um, it was like I always saw where I wanted to be. Like I always saw what I wanted to do. I always saw what I, what I wanted to have. You know, and my dad, you know, passion in, thank, thank God for for him, but I'm just this whole thing in my mind where he's just like, he was in a constant state of anything that's worth doing is worth overdoing. Like, do it right the first time. Don't come back around. You know what I mean? Just like the spirit of excellence, um, the spirit of willingness, desire, um, to, if, you know, if you're going to be there, be the best at it, you know, be the first one to raise your hand, be like all those things. Yeah, your name's on it. Yeah. Like, you might as well be. And so I remember him just doing that, man, and it I, it just kind of stuck with me. And, and so I take that same approach to all the practices, um, man. I take that <clears throat> the same approach to all the things that um, kind of get put in front of me. So those are just like healthy practices, man. And so you know, Sunday we looked at some healthy practices um, because you know even we said it on Sunday the difference between where you are and where you wish to be can either drive you or disappoint you. And I think there's so many people out there, they know where they want to be. Like they know what they want to accomplish. They know what they want to have in life. And every time they look at the distance between where they are and what they want to have or wish they could be, they become so disappointed that they become stalemated. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, like if for me, that distance it should drive you. Like it should push you. It should motivate you. It should encourage you. It should drive you to, um, to reaching. 
uh, and not disappoint you into like this stalemate position where you just go nowhere. It's like, well, I don't know if I'll ever get there. So it's like, no, man, like those like healthy practice, you know? Yeah. And, and something that I, I try to use in is the idea of reverse engineer, right? So if there's a big gap of where you are, where you want to be, sometimes that gap is so huge. It's like, how do I even, how do I even get there? You know? Yep. Um, but it's like, and that's kind of, I, I've tweeted it out before and all this on Facebook. It's like, you know, reverse engineer your finish line, right. like whatever you want to be. Now you work backwards to figure out the steps you had to take. And then like, you know, just one step at a time, you know, fit, you know, little goals. And, but sometimes it can be daunting, you know, it can be, but, I mean, you're no closer getting to it by not doing anything. It's like you might as well just get rid of your dreams and goals and plans then. True. But that's not that's not an answer to me either. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I, I, there's just got to be more to it. So I think it boils down to like what are the practices that we put into our life to make that possible? And and just like we said Sunday, you know, it's this idea that practice makes perfect. It's like, well, that's not really true. But perfect practice makes perfect performance. In other words, I think we're all practicing things every day. Like we all have practices. It doesn't mean they're the right practices to get done what we need to get done to accomplish our goals. We all have practices. You know, it's like, what are the things that you practice and are they getting you closer to where you're trying to be? Are they getting you closer to what you want to accomplish? Now, on a spiritual level, kind of what we talked about on Sunday, so I think there are, you know, there's this, there, there is an idea that I believe God wants to give us more, not more so that we can have more. I think God wants to do things in our life and then through our life. Yeah. And he has this desire. I mean, the kingdom of God will be seen and it will be seen in our life and through our life. So for God to do more, for Jesus to give us more and to do more in us so that he can do more through us to reach a lost, broken, and dying world, uh, man, then there's this opportunity for God to give you more. The question becomes, what are you doing with what you have? Because if you're not doing well or you're not stewarding or taking care of what you currently have, looking for God to give you more is probably very unrealistic, <laughs> yeah. right? And so um, that was the idea that we talked about. And we kind of talked about initially, we really painted the picture of the gospel. You know, the gospel, the message of the gospel isn't don't, right? Because a lot of us grew up in church, was like, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And the, gospel, the message of the gospel isn't don't. And then we said the message of the gospel isn't even do Right. And you and I have talked about this because you've been a part of some churches in the past where it was like the message of the like the, the gospel always kind of ended up on all the things you need to do and not do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> and, I, and, and, I, and that being said, I think it's easy to get to a place like that for Christians. Right. If I just do this and I do this and do this, you know, that's why I mean, look at these churches that are stuck in tradition and even the thought of not having church on a Wednesday night or a Sunday night or something is, is heresy to them. It's like, but that's all to me a do thing. Like, yeah. And that's great for people to gather and all that, but that's what we do on Sunday morning. You know, uh, there is no command in the new Testament to have Wednesday night services or Sunday night services, even, you know, and, and these poor preachers have to preach three different sermons a week, you know, but that to me, a lot of that is just stemmed in, in, you know, we got to do something. We got to be there. I'm yeah. here. I'm good. I got my, I'm going to serve. I'm going to hold this door open for the the old lady. And right, right, right. Um, I'm, I'm going to read my Bible for 37 have minutes. To. And, have and to. All these have to yeah. do it. Um, so that, because God, then we and God are good. Right. And, and I, I just think it's, 
maybe that's just human nature too. Sure. You know, it was like getting to a place where it's all due. And keep, and you know, since we're there, I'll go ahead and put this plug in. Argument and proof can be given in a number of different ways that the New Testament model is small groups and not services. So oh, there's, oh, there, you know, all day. I mean, <laughs> this idea of a person standing up in front of a group of people and speaking at them is not what the Hebrew, like, that's not the way of, of the way they taught. That's a Greek thing. Right. Because the New Testament definitely talks about how they grew, you know, in numbers, house to house and eating at dinner tables. So, yeah. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's just a that's sidebar to what you were talking about. Well, yeah. You're talking about tradition. Right, I mean, um, and that's the whole thing. It's just a, it's a works based theology, and I get it. I get it. I get that it's easy to get to that place, right? You know, especially if God really saved you from something too. Like you know, I mean, sure. He saved us all from something. You know, some people right. have a, you know, but it's like addiction background or something, or or whatever. Just it's yeah. a fee, almost like this fear, man, of of one slip and he's going to be so mad i'm going to everything i worked for is gone you know yeah do you think do you think that sometimes it's like we all we almost take a 12 step program approach to our relationship with the lord you know what i mean it's like it's like i got to make sure that i attend all the meetings i got to make sure that you know and i'm not against any of those things i'm just talking no, about like we yeah. always take that mindset of like yeah i i think we i think we you know project onto god how other people have treated us or how we expect other people to do things like you know if i as a kid if i don't do this dad's mad right 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 you know and it's kind of that same idea like if i don't do this 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 and this you know god's mad right um and obviously there are things we should be doing uh, so that's just, it's such a weird conversation to me because there are things we shouldn't be doing and there are things we should be. <laughs> right, right, right. Totally. Um, You're but totally right. The, the idea of those are what causes God to like you more than he likes me, I just don't, that's just not there to me in the, in the, in the scriptures, you know? Right. Um, it goes back to like this idea of, of, <sighs> I lost my train of thought, but it's, it, I, I lost my train of thought thinking of a conversation I had this weekend, you know, just even somebody was telling me that they're, they're not, um, a church goer, but consider themselves a Christian. Um, as somebody, I'm not going to go further, but the conversation <laughs> right, right. was, was kind of like, and it was almost a teaching moment and they were very uh, attentive and receptive to my answer. But it was almost like um, how Jesus handles sin, and the person said, "Well, I don't, I don't think Jesus would do it that way." And I said, "That's awesome. the The beauty is we don't have to you or I speculate on what Jesus would do. His Bible tells us what he actually did, <laughs> right. and whether you." think or I think that's right or wrong or good or bad doesn't really matter, but we don't have to speculate, you know? And then it was all about, I just, she's like, I just pictured Jesus doing it this way. And I was like, that's great. But what if I picture Jesus differently and the person over there pictures differently? I say, the problem is that's not how Jesus operates. Jesus was a real person and these are real stories. And it tells us what he actually did, which gives us a, a a look into his character. And you can almost assume that's how he treated everyone. And we use the woman like 
you know, caught in adultery. And we, I gave the whole grace and truth kind of analogy, but the woman caught in adultery, it's like, we don't have to guess or speculate on how he reacted to that situation. Right. It tells us. Gotcha. Very clear, you know, but sometimes we just project like what we feel. And it's like, let's like you hear people say that a lot of times people think they're worshiping God, but they're really worshiping themselves, Mm -hmm. you know, and what they feel situations, how they feel they should be done and all those kind of things. So I don't know. It's just a, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause getting into kind of what we talked about on Sunday, man, like even down to embracing development. Cause I think that's one of the things, you know, I mean, ultimately what we are pointing to on Sunday, we just didn't like come right out and say it is discipleship. Like as we follow the Lord, there are certain practices that we need to follow through on. Yeah. There are certain things we need to commit to. There's a, there's a level of development that we are saying yes to. And we're not saying yes to them so that we can earn our position with the Lord. And that's why we you know, started off with kind of a message, a clear message of the gospel is we're not doing these things so we can earn our position with the Lord. Um, we're not doing those things so we can not do other things that would help us earn or buy our position with the Lord. Um, we are doing these things because of our position in the Lord. Um, and so because of who we are in Christ, he gives us an opportunity to experience more, but what we practice proves our faithfulness on whether or not we can handle more of what he wants to give to us and do in our lives. And so that's the basic idea behind, um, becoming more like Christ and stepping into discipleship and all those things, at least based on the approach that we took Sunday. So we'll give you some of these as we kind of move through them. So in embracing development what's the first one there justin sweating the small stuff you got to sweat the small stuff and uh and i you know we were talking specifically about your relationship with the lord and 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 following him and discipleship but man this all of these actually all the things we're going to give you today um that we use on sunday really man they work in business they work in success they work in everything you're trying to do but you got to sweat the small stuff everything that is small eventually becomes something large if you don't handle it, mm-hmm. right? And so there are just things in our life that we look at and go, ah, it's no big deal. It's like, well, it might be. <laughs> right. it, might, it might be a big deal. So we've got to sweat well, the small stuff. Or know? it might become a big deal. And right, exactly. It may not be right now. You know, um, that little attitude that you get with your spouse may not be a big deal now until you let it become something bigger because you don't deal with it. You know, that anger problem may not be a big deal now, but what happens when, um, your kid watches you have it for 10 years and he ends up with the anger, you know what I mean? Like those yeah. small things you or know? things start, like you say, they start small and become big, but it's like, man, your little attitude with your spouse, you know, you may have a little difference in your tone right? and they didn't respond like it didn't turn into a huge fight. So you're like, Oh, and then before you know it, you're Tone gets worse and worse, and before you know it, you're just always talking down to your spouse or something. Totally. Like little things become like it's like slippery slopes, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and even down to our character. I mean, allowing. Oh yeah, some that's of, good. Allowing some of the things into our character that just don't seem that big a deal until uh, people who are unsaved are watching you do them, 
and you're actually damaging your witness to right, these people, right. you know? Yeah. So, sure. um, Matthew 25, 23, that's actually a passage that, uh, in two weeks, this coming up Sunday, Scott Tom, Pastor Scott Thomas from Free Life Chapel is going to be with us. We're pumped about that. Um, and so if you're in the Pensacola area, you don't want to miss, don't watch on live stream this coming up Sunday. Uh, if you live in Pensacola, come to the church building. You want to be there live for Pastor Scott. He's phenomenal. So we'd love to have you there. Um, but if you can't make it, definitely watch online. And if you're outside of Pensacola, of course. But, man, we love to have you guys. Everyone in the building is going to be a great time. But two weeks from now, we're doing a whole thing on Matthew 25. Uh, so we would love for everyone to, to come out and check that out. It's going to be a good time as well. Um, but Matthew 25, 23 um, uh, says, His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will make you ruler over much. Um, and I think that that's a passage that really – we're kind of hinging most of what we're talking about, you know, in this sermon on this idea of being faithful with little and he'll make us rule over much. Um, and so that's, it's a, a huge portion for that. Number two, becoming flexible, becoming flexible. Justin, are you a yoga go? Have you ever done yoga? No, never. I'm a Christian. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh. There are some arguments against oh, it. Oh, <laughs> listen, bro. The churches you and I have come from before this one, yeah. They say a good alternative to yoga is Pilates, if you have the... Yeah. And, and I... It's I just, get it. I get it. It's like karate, even. Right, right, right. Um, You know, I think... I think we as Christians can take some of that too far, but I do get it. It's because Middle East practice. Really. Middle East practice, because there's a lot more to yoga than just the body and the stretching. It's a whole yeah, the medi- mantra, all meditation. that stuff. Yeah, so yeah. I totally get it. Uh, no, though, um, I have no interest in like stretching, lying, like around, lying around, stretching, and all that stuff. <laughs> Although they say it's pretty good for you, dude. Listen, I, we did we did a whole thing of P90X one time, and on the days where you're like lifting weights. It was not too bad. You're doing these other stuff, not too bad. When it came down to that yoga, I was dying, bro. Like they say, was, they say it's pretty good, and and I'm really, uh, is it unflexible, inflexible? Mm, yeah, something like that. Sure, let's go. I'm with not that. flexible at all. <laughs> right, right, right. Never have been. Um, I can't touch my toes standing up, sitting down. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm this far from. T- like, <laughs> seriously, I'm not flexible at all. Right, right, at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I could probably benefit from it. Um, stretching is good for you, you know, sure. all that stuff. So, but that, no, no, Yeah. No. So we were talking about one of the things we were talking about, we mentioned on Sundays, we brought up yoga. Um, but it's this idea of, you know, to, to number one, be the person that God called you to be and to be successful in any shape, form or fashion, you really have to learn to be flexible. You really have to learn to adapt and move to the situations, the circumstances, things that get thrown at you. If you're too rigid in your approach to things, uh, you're not going to make it far. Right. And you really have to learn to be flexible. Um, and that all starts with stretching. And the reason I brought up the yoga thing is no one just walks into a yoga room and is, is instantly flexible. Right? It go it it's it's day after day of being stretched. And a lot of times in our relationship with the Lord and our pursuit after success, um, we want to be successful, but we don't want to do the daily stretching in our in our character, in our spirit, in our practices that it's going to get us into that flexibility. We don't want to be stretched, but we want to be flexible, but stretching leads to flexibility. So God has to stretch you in your comfort zones to get you ready for what he wants to do in your life. Well, so, I mean, I just don't know where we as people got in our heads that 
we just end up the outcome. <laughs> like, right. like, you know what I mean? Like microwave society. Things take time. Like yeah. it takes, you got to work at it. You, you're going to be bad at first, you know, like I, so true, man. And, and, and part of that, especially our age group, our generation, man, man, I mean, they're bad. I say they're bad. We're bad at that. Um, I think, I think it's not our fault, but we're bad at it. We want everything, and especially you add on the internet and, you know, fast food. Like, everything's available at our dang quick, fingertips. Quick, 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 yep. Um, we don't understand the, the process, and I, I think we need to get better at that as a people. Yeah, and the, and even with that, the process. And, and Christians. I mean, you're talking about, this, this is all about discipleship. Yeah. I mean, we have people get saved in our churches, and then... The old heads, and I don't mean old age, but like the old heads that People maybe been saved, saved a long time, yeah. they just assume and expect the new Christian to know everything and act like them. Right, right, right. You know, like they've been saved Which forever. isn't even necessarily right. It's just acting like them. Act like them. Well, <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. But I mean, you know, but someone yeah. someone gets someone gets saved and a, a life change is a radical life change, but that doesn't mean that everything- They got to be taught, man. You know, it's such a- it's such a you know sanct. I think they forget that the idea of justification and sanctification, how different they are. One happens, the other's a process, you know. But it's like, but yeah, it's like we see we see in our church. I think we see it a good bit with people that are living together that aren't married yet. Yeah, they start coming to church and even get really saved and are serving, but they may have been living together for three, four, five years. Right, and like okay, now obviously we don't advocate people living together and um all those things but just from a practical standpoint they're not going to get saved on sunday and monday one of them's out looking for an apartment right until right. the like, so true yeah especially a lot of people even live like they're married and i mean like may have joint bank accounts or they, they totally. share in the yeah. finances yeah. of the home so yeah. it's like they don't even have in the budget for to go spend another 800 a month on rent somewhere for one of them so it's right. like what do you do in that point so do we as the church condemn them you're sinning you're still sinning or like one, I'm not the police of everybody in our church. Number one, <laughs> right. that ain't my job at right. all. Right. Uh, number two, we monitor leadership, but it's like right. I can't babysit every person. I'm not, not, yeah, no. Nah. Right. Um, but number two, it's like we gotta let some. We gotta let the Lord work through that, and and we guide them. We tell like we don't just like say, oh, no problem. Uh-huh. We even have those conversations though. Like, hey, yeah. this is what, like when are you getting married? Like, what's we going do on with some people, and and, and not. You know, we don't wait forever to have that conversation. I mean, we kind of um, want growth track. Yeah, growth track, small groups. I mean, we really do kind of like bring that up in a healthy way of saying like, you know, this is this is God's desire for you. And as believers, this is the this is what we strive for. Um and so whether no you know what whatever it is in your life. Well, or, you well we give we we tell them in growth track that we had these one-on-one conversations and it's our job to give next steps, you know? And for, for some of those people, their next step is like, Hey, you might, Hey bro, you need to hit up that jewelry store. Like, <laughs> like right. y'all living together. You've been together for five years. Like sh- what's the problem? Yeah. Surely like, there's someone you want to be with. Yeah. Make it happen, right. bro. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. So that, and that leads us to the third one, which is becoming consistent, you know, that we really need to, we, our relationship with the Lord should really be built on, um, consistent moments, not intense moments. So the way we put it is regular moments of consistency, not random moments of intensity. Yeah. I like um, that. you know, and really, 
uh, each day spending time with the Lord and reflecting on who he is and allowing him to download, you know, uh, his character uh, into our minds and our hearts and, and praying, God, show me the areas of, of my life that you would you would like to change. Show me uh, how I can become more like you. Show me how I can be a better um you know, that I can showcase uh, myself as a believer better so that people can see you more like, you know, just spending those time and then spending time just saying, thank you, God, thank you for grace and for mercy. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for what you're doing in my life. I mean, all yeah. those things, uh, and doing that on a regular basis is so much more healthy. That's a healthy practice. Um, but unfortunately m- many of us kind of try to binge our relationship with the Lord, <laughs> you know? So it's yeah. like, we don't, we don't talk That's to him for good. three straight weeks and then we try to, you know, something bad happens or we just find ourselves, quote unquote, burnout. Uh, and so we try to have a, a marathon prayer session, you know, or attend, you know, three back to back services or whatever. And it's like, man, that's just not going to do it. You know, you need a healthy relationship that's built on consistency. Um, so it's like uh, people treat it like a, uh, I don't know what you call it, like a shot. Like yeah. I'm gonna go get my shot, but yeah, be like good a B12 for shot. Like a B12 shot. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be good, I'm gonna be good for the next month or so, and then you know that's a shame. But I get it. I I don't get it that I think I it's right. Like I can it see happens, it, sure. especially like in our culture of church. Yeah, in like our the Western church culture, it's like yeah. um, you know, so and and I don't know that the necessarily churches need to change in what they're doing. It's just figuring out how to teach that. You know. Yep. Um. It's just discipleship, man, and that's why I say I think I think that's why it's so important, especially know? now with all this whole coming up. You know, they talk about the VR church and yeah, was that wasn't there a church in Vegas or someone that had like a drive-through prayer thing drive-through and all this <laughs> and all this like yeah, you know, you that, that doesn't huh. help none, you yeah. know. But it's like I also don't think it's the worst idea I ever heard a drive-through prayer. Like, hey, hey you know, I'm gonna whip in here for I hit it the Burger King, <laughs> like you know, like I don't <laughs> on know. My lunch break. Let me go get. Let me <laughs> like, go hit some prayer. Like I don't think it's the worst idea I've ever heard. I just think if that's if that's if, what you rely on for right, your prayer, then it's bad. If you know? that's your whole if prayer that's, life. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just think that's funny. Yeah. And then that led, led us to kind of the the last one, which is executing the calling. You know, that God has a plan for each one of us, and um, he's looking for us to execute the calling, the purpose, the plan that he has for us. And um, a lot of that boils down to just saying yes, you know. See, and yeah. uh, the, the formula that I had wrote down in my notes, we didn't talk about much on Sunday, but I'd love to give it to you guys that are listening, is executing the calling is really a three-step process, deciding, planning, and starting. I think a lot of us do pretty well in deciding. I think far too many of us spend way too much time in the planning portion, um, and we'll, we we over-plan and under, like, we, we plan so much we never start anything. Well, there's a there's a phrase in the you know in the real estate world which I'm dabbling in right with this like investing, but for new people newbies like me, there's a phrase called analysis paralysis, where because because learning how to analyze a deal is real important, newbies will use that as a crutch where they analyze so much they that never they never anything. actually make a. Uh, you know, do a deal. Right. So I call it an analysis paralysis. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. You know? Yeah, I think so. So many of us are just so busy trying to get all the details of what God wants us to do that we're not doing. I think there's a lot of times God's plan is revealed in the process, not in the preparation. Mm. So, um, yeah, and I, I think that's a, a big part of what God can't, wants to do in our life. Because there's there's so much you can't plan for. That's the hard part. Like and right. you can plan, especially something new. You can plan all you want, but as soon as you start making steps and making moves, 
you have to those plans have to shift some nothing you can't plan for everything because there's stuff that you don't know that you don't even know yet you don't know that you don't know it exactly so how do you plan for it it's just um and people like me i think i'm guilt i can be real guilty of that planning part you know Totally. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, that's absolutely. a that's a uh, my personality type. Um, but I think some maybe have it worse. You know, as far as from a personality type perspective, that you're um, you just get so caught up in the plan. That's why I think teams are so great because you need you need the the balance of all that. So, anyways, but yeah. So true, man. So Deciding. true. So that's it, guys. The boys on the practice. There's so much in our practicing that God wants to teach us. He wants to show us. Um, man, and he wants to he he wants to see us prove that we're faithful with the little, so that uh, he can help us get uh, plugged into all that he wants to accomplish and give us. So uh, it's huge, man. It's huge. So, hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Justin, tell them where they can find more about the church. You can find us at transformationchurch.com or on Instagram and Facebook at Transformation Pensacola. Hey guys, we appreciate it. Uh, we'll be coming back next week uh, with some straight bombs from Pastor Scott Thomas. And there might be, might be, might be a bonus episode on the way. Hey. So uh, keep your eyes out for that. All right, guys. Hey, we love you. We'll see you next time, next week, uh, for another week, another sermon, another follow-up podcast. See you. Thanks for tuning in to the Transformation Church weekly follow-up podcast. It would mean so much to us if you would subscribe, like, and review on iTunes. You get double points if you show us love by sharing it with your friends. Don't forget, you can follow Pastor Justin and Pastor Brad on Instagram and Twitter at Justin Oswald underscore and at Brad Livingston underscore. You can tweet them your questions and comments or email them to us at followup at transformationchurch.com. For more info on Transformation Church, visit us online at transformationchurch.com and on Instagram and Facebook at Transformation Pensacola. We'll be here next week where we will help create context and drive conversation to learn more of what God has for us.